Alex Inc. premiered on March 28th, 2018 on ABC. Let's put 30 minutes on the clock. Pilot study, Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows, but only the pilot episode. That means the first show, in case you didn't know. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study. My name is Chris Lantinen. I'm John Grimes. And we are here to discuss, I mean, we just, we couldn't not discuss the show about a podcast on our podcast. It was just, it right. was too magical. And even though Alex Inc. is already canceled, I don't, I don't think, have we ever done a show that, uh, have we ever done a show in like its first season that's already gotten the axe? I think this has got to be a first for us. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, we're within 60 days almost of the premiere. <laughs> it's already gone. Right. But uh, yeah. I, think, I think we're doing this for, we're doing Alex Inc. for a couple reasons. One, because it does have that podcast connection and we're so invested in in both of these worlds and it's the the only time those two worlds have crossed um so far in television history i would assume well actually no marin 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 puts it to the forefront um and it's part of the narrative there um so i guess the one of the first times this has crossed over and probably the first time on network we'll say the first time on network yeah so i think for that reason but the second reason is really that Scrubs is your all-time number one favorite show. <laughs> and this Pretty is much. this is Zach Braff's return to a lead role on network television. It was very much hyped as his vehicle. He is the executive producer. He directs the pilot. I believe he directs five of the eight or nine episodes that aired. I can't quite remember how many actually got on air, but he is your boy. He's my boy, has been for a very long time, Scrubs, and then Garden State cemented it for life. Uh, I've watched everything he's been in since, even Chicken Little. <laughs> <laughs> now that that is so, dedication. I love my man ZB, but this, um, this shit was, I don't know, it's not what I expected. How about you? He's going through a rough patch artistically, let's just put it that way. His uh, Kickstarter movie did not impress... <laughs> anybody yeah. it didn't even impress you which i mean you are the easy sell on the braff material so um, easy you were not into it um he kind of got hit hard by the critics for kickstarting his film a situation where he probably didn't need to kickstart a little indie about a dad who homeschools his children like with the the clout that garden state provided him i think he could have got five million dollars to do that movie but he was just so obsessed with like this idea of final edit that it made him look very pompous. Zach Braff, you are not Stanley Kubrick. You don't need to fight for final edit from the studio. <laughs> it was yeah. just like a very weird like thing to hang your hat on. It seems weird. And I mean, as we get into this thing and just talk about him more as a person, since obviously we're friends and I know him, <laughs> um, True. it does seem like he has that attitude like, lifelong you know you could see even from his instagram of shit he posts when he's a kid he's trying to look all serious and write in journals when he's 12 and be this like artiste whereas dude you're in hollywood you're handsome as fuck you're rich you were on scrubs just like roll with it you don't yeah you're not kubrick you're not fucking spielberg everybody wants to be that i want to be Marin, but uh, you know 
I mean, there was just this moment where he was this very promising young voice within. Yeah. At least 2004. From, I'm sure people within Hollywood may have hated him or may have doubted his abilities, but I think from an outsider perspective, like he was doing Scrubs, he was doing Garden State, like in between seasons of Scrubs, and really hitting on something that touched people. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. if that movie holds up, but at that moment, it, it was a cultural touchstone yeah. for that year. And music, too. He was always given a lot of credit for, like, yeah. that soundtrack, putting songs on Scrubs, um, mm-hmm. release, not releasing, but, like, uh, promoting bands and indie artists. So, yeah, he had his thing. And, like, as we can see from Alex Inc. and that Kickstarter movie, he's kind of... <laughs> I think he's. this will be, like, the last... He's probably going to just be a director after this, I would imagine. For the past 16 years, I've worked at a radio show called Cheer Up. It was like NPR on Prozac. I got the Harmon story. We've been doing the same feel-good stories my whole career. And lately, I've been yearning to do something different, something that mattered. And so I walked into that pitch meeting with what I knew would be a game-changing story. And it's a portrait and a reprimand, not just of the justice system, but of society itself. But except for my producer, Deirdre, nobody else liked it. I appreciate your passion, Alex, but the show's called Cheer Up, not... I want to hang myself. <laughs> so is Alex Inc. <laughs> um, Alex Inc. So again, like I said, this is his first um, starring role on a on a sitcom since Scrubs. Um, like I said, he's the executive producer. He directed four episodes, um, and this is yeah. This coupled with his. Um, directing the movie where like Morgan Freeman and the other old guys, Alan Arkin, rob a bank. He's not, he's not having a good couple of years. He, he kind of falls flat on his face in this one. And I think the show fails in large part due to him, which is a really tough. Uh, it hurts my heart to say, but he is not the strongest link by any means in this show or this cast. It's not like he's like putting it all out there, and it's just not working because of right. the, of the writing or the coast or the the ensemble. He is a major symptom of the problem here, and not just because he right. has control over a lot of it, but because he's just. I just don't think he's the right choice for this role, first of all. I think that there's a more serious show underneath whatever slapstick bullcrap they are trying to do here. Like, what? why is the tone of the show what it is? It's terrible. Right. I uh, One of the first notes I took was if they could dial down the witty banter by, like, 50% and put some goddamn intellect. Like, not like anyone who does a podcast has to be a genius, but it is kind of a nerdy world of, like niche audiences and it's, it's it's a nerdy podcast i mean the guy right. andrew andrew blumberg who uh it, it's based off a podcast called startup by this guy alex blumberg and he basically made a podcast about starting startup is a podcast about starting a podcast business so there's like multiple which is layers pretty cool to, and like something we yeah. would be into like you said you know yeah it's um so Blumberg heads up, I don't, know, I don't know if he heads it up anymore, but he was starting Gimlet Media, which is one of the biggest podcasting companies in the world. And um, so the startup show details, uh, details him trying to get funding and trying to build Gimlet. 
So the first episode of this podcast, because I did go back and I listened to the first two, they're very easy listens. They're 20 minutes each. Um, if you are into podcasts at all or you're into that world at all, I think it would be worth your while to go uh, go check those out. Uh, so the first episode of the podcast is actually, yes, him pitching uh, the idea of Gimlet, which was then known as the American Podcasting Company. That was his name for it. <laughs> um, to Chris Saka who is this billionaire angel investor. Uh, Blumberg is this guy who was at the uh, This American Life, uh, uh, This American Life program previously. So contrary to the show where Braff is like this true storyteller in like this like environment of like news vultures, basically, like I I guess the, the environment that he paints himself as coming from in the show, in the show's narrative is that like none of these people take storytelling seriously except yeah. Except for that's the best podcast that will ever exist. Well, he's I guess so. in, the, in the show he's not. In the show to... he's not at This American Life. Yeah, right. But I he's mean, from some hack organization. If they kept it real or there, that might have been better too. Then you got a fucking Ira Glass cameo option. You can, <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Like well, they blew I, it on the whole podcast world because nobody. I think they think. All right, we're at ABC. We got Zach Braff. We got blah blah blah. Like. We're going to throw money at this thing. Nobody knows what the fuck a podcast is. We can just do and say whatever. It's like, no, nah, you guys fucked up. I think. No, I, I think as well. I think the big thing they miss out on and not more directly adapting the story of Blumberg is that he's at this American life, yet he wants more for some reason. And he wants more in the very audio medium that this American life was succeeding so greatly in. And I think that story is far more interesting than him just leaving this this random no-name company that he does in the show because they're all terrible people. Of course, Yeah, there's you, nothing at stake. Yeah, know? there's nothing at stake. Of course you would leave there. Why wouldn't you leave that? The only thing that's at stake is their, of course, overly large home in probably Brooklyn, right? <laughs> yeah, and, the brownstone uh, <laughs> in Brooklyn, of course, that his, everyone has. His overly intelligent children. And, um, yeah, the brownstone in Brooklyn. And so, he, yeah, like you said, there's no tension because he's not leaving a good job. Like, it's just a no-brainer. And if he was this good of a storyteller, because I guess where the disconnect comes in is that how was a guy that good at storytelling? He acts like he's the, the best at this audio medium. Why was he not at something like This American Life already? You right, know? right. It's just there's a disconnect between his perceived talents, which are pretty comparable to Blumberg, and his actual job situation. So they changed the job situation and they disrupted that alchemy. I guess is was my major issue. Yeah, and f- and for no good reason. No, for no good reason. Just to get like a weird laugh at the beginning of the episode where all these people yeah. laugh at his idea, which is not they, a bad idea. <laughs> he put his whole career on the line i mean zach braff now not the character like for yeah one joke an episode that just ruins yeah everything you said is true i can't really add anything it it was bad (laughs) well i'm gonna add one more thing and and that is the character so the character of chris saka he yes he is pitched in real life on gimlet media the idea of the american podcasting company that would turn into gimlet um, I've only listened to two episodes, so if you're like a startup fanatic and that's not the exact story, I apologize. But anyways, so Chris Saka is in in like the startup format, in the audio format, he is a very intriguing character. Like he, 
So the pitch is going so bad uh, that Sokka kind of like takes over, you know? And he's like, here, here, here's how I would pitch it, right? And he's this incredibly like charismatic presence in the podcast. Um, and he turns like this nightmare pitching experience into like a back and forth that really illustrates for the audience what the art of the pitch is and Blumberg's lack of confidence. And it's like a very... It's a very dramatic moment, but in on the in on TV, he is not a charismatic personality. Like he is, he's a cameo that knows the camera is there. So it's I think one of the major misfires in this pilot is that they don't cast somebody as the angel investor. They gotta cast like a real actor in that role. And right, I think, and then that opens it up for another character development where maybe he fails and he has to go back and get more money or something. If you had a real actor, you could really that could be another character. Yes, he should be like. Why didn't they cast somebody in that investor role that takes on you know a one two appearance type of thing an episode where he's checking in on the business or where he's having these heart to hearts with Braff's character or where he is helping hone the business because he invested money in that business, right? Um, I believe in in the podcast, it talks about how Saka was very hands-on with Twitter because he put all this money into the early version of Twitter, and that's how he made a lot of cash. And I I believe they said that he owns the biggest stake, the biggest, like, individual stake in Twitter, I believe. He owns a lot of Twitter, like, I don't know, some some larger percentage than most people. Um, Definitely larger than me and you. (laughs) Uh, But it's just, like, it's crazy that it's not, like, I don't know, cast somebody like Sudeikis or cast a woman like Rashida Jones or just cast somebody who was on a there show. There are plenty and, of people out there that right, could have done this. A, a proven actor who could come in and be this investor role. And, you know, that's why the Hendricks-Belson relationship in Silicon Valley works is because they didn't cast, you know, they didn't stunt cast Gavin Belson. You know, it's not right, like, yeah, it's not like yeah. Richard Hendricks worked at Microsoft and was like working for Bill Gates, and then Bill Gates shows up once a season for like his little cameo, where he runs into Richard Hendricks. Yeah, his little Donald Trump ego need to show up in like the Fresh Prince episode. And <laughs> right, shit. like you, you need like I, I feel like this show needed that that kind of like looming investor presence that Saka just can't give because he's not an actor. Like, it's just, it's so frustrating to listen to the podcast and be intrigued by it and then just watch a family dramedy. Like, yeah. why? I didn't get it. There was what? a huge disconnect. And it's funny you mentioned Silicon Valley because that, to me, is the epitome of how to handle these this world and this, like, you know, the whole pitch bullshit and just the, mm-hmm. that whole tech world. And... This thing falls flat. And that, again, is the difference between cable and network. But there's just nothing redeeming here. I racked my brain. I watched this pilot three times, and I love Zach. (laughs) I love Michael Imperioli. Like, (laughs) I didn't even listen to the real podcast because I was afraid, like, it would be so much better, like the shit you're saying. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, They just fucked it up, man. Like, and now I, I just... They fucked it up, Yes. And there, another there's, thing, there's that a I, show here. There is like, yeah, a, there's yeah. something here that you movie could, at least. I, there, there's some somebody's gonna make a good podcasting show. Uh, I mean, I think that there's probably better narrative arcs they could have tackled if they really wanted to do a podcast show, like Patent Trolls, like that whole battle, 
or like you know the very beginnings of like internet radio i don't know obviously there's other stuff they could have done and they could have right. did it in a more dramatic halt catch fire you know style approach um but if this was the the avenue you wanted to take if you wanted to use startup as your way to get into like podcasting as kind of like Oh, like the Frasier works at a radio station occupation, but the rest is like family comedy. It's just, I I, I just don't know if it works one with this cast. And I, I just feel like they took all the wrong things from the podcast. Yeah. And I mean, like going back to Marin and even Frasier, that was a way to like this show, Alex Inc. is supposed to be about the podcast. Marin is a podcaster, but it uses that to get celeb cameos to get people to watch for two minutes. And then it shows how it, the podcast fits into his life. And like Frasier, the radio show fits into his life. Here, it seems like this guy wants his life to be the podcast, but they're cramming in all this family bullshit. Like, oh, my kid's got a fucking magic show and my daughter's <laughs> precarious. And like, you don't need both. Like, there's enough fucking family nonsense shows like that. that people can go watch Home Improvement or any number of things that right. are out there. I, gu like, I guess pick one lane and do it well instead of half-assing both. I think. Right. And my, my problem with their approach is that if you wanted to do a family comedy, slash, if you want to do a family dramedy that just happened to star a guy who podcasted then you approach it like Frasier where he just goes to work sometimes and mm -hmm. you know his work reveals something about that episode's narrative or something about his character right, that's useful right. to us um, in further episodes or further narratives but here this pilot is about podcasting and that's what they fuck up so if you're gonna do it you gotta I don't know. <laughs> you got to do it right, I guess. And you can't do the magic show thread. Like, I want more of the pitching and I want more of how you're going to actually do this as a business. Like, if this is going to be a show being about like, those what elements. Is a podcast? That, yeah, that would help. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, because I guarantee the average 60 year old who's your competition for these network viewers is people who watch Big Bang. Son of Sheldon, all that shit, like <laughs> Son of Sheldon, or whatever the fuck, baby Sheldon's nutsack. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Like, I, I kind of want Son of Sheldon now. <laughs> it's just like a supremely damaged child, just who like had to the grow third up generation with... of this fucking character on the sitcom. On <laughs> had, the had to grow up with Sheldon as a dad, and is just basically Son barren. Of <laughs> Yeah, but like they don't even who even knows what the fuck a podcast is that doesn't do one or listen exclusively to them. It is such like we think yeah. it's a big world because it's our world, but it is not. I, the, te the test is is like if uh, my if my grandmother watched yes, the pilot yes. of this episode, would she know what podcasting is? No, she would not. No. She would think. He's starting a radio station. Exactly. Oh, and, I need to get on the radio. And that's I don't know. Like, maybe, I, maybe that's what it's intended to be. But I'm just so confused because they made such a big deal about this being a podcast show. Right. So and they I never really mention it except to get the money to do it. And then I, I guess, do you want to dig into any of the plot at all? Or um, just let, me like... just, let me just give a quick synopsis. So yeah, it's kind of like a, cir there. It's a circular narrative. It starts with him pitching Chris Saka on whatever he's, I guess, a podcasting company. I don't know if he says podcasting in particular. I think it's more that he's like a storyteller. Um, maybe you remember more than I do. No, but, um, no I don't remember any. Then it kind of goes through him quitting his job, telling his wife that he quit his job, 
gets back to the Saka pitch as, as we work in a circle here. And then after that, he gets denied. Um, and he goes, he starts it anyways, right? He doesn't get the money. Right. He takes it out of the 401k. Yeah. So he takes it out of the 401k of to like, yes, yeah, it lies to his wife about it for some reason, uh, just for dramatic purposes. And so he rents like an office with Michael Imperioli. He plays his cousin Eddie, which I swear is the name of the weird guy from the vacation series. Is it not? It is. What? What? Out of all the things you could pick, why did you pick cousin Eddie then? Like, yeah, and this, this show is like, just baffles me on so many levels. Every choice that they could make, they like, they went the wrong way. I just googled cousin Eddie, and yes, that's what you're going to get if you Google your character name for your show. It should show up with that character. It's Eddie Laguza is his character name. Like, yes, okay. And then why then, don't you just call it Italian cousin? <laughs> right. <laughs> Is he going to have to shake somebody down? I feel like he might. Does he wear uh, pinstripes? Was he in the fucking Sopranos? Got it. Uh, Give this show some edge. This the, guy might say damn a couple times. The other character there is um, like a younger uh, production assistant or something or producer for Braff. And she's like weirdly attracted to him, trying to ruin his marriage. Again, it's like kind of weird. Um, pretty pretty but bizarre. Not in a cute way. Not in like a cool, funny way. Like Big Head is weird. Like a no. shitty weirdo. Yeah, it's like a shitty weirdo. Like I, uh, I love your husband. Uh, talking directly to the wife and like you know right. that that kind of stuff. How about this Aubrey Plaza for that role? That makes it like good. I don't even think she. And wants you got it. the Michael Short connection. I'm sure she wouldn't want it, but like no, that's she some, that's another that way bullshit. they could have gone. You know, no, she doesn't want to do that bullshit. Too famous now, but she's on Legion, a far better show. Right. right um. Right. Then we have two kids. One of them is doing a magic show, <laughs> and that's basically it. So. Basically, yeah, and then the to top it all off, there's a minivan tarmac scene, which made me. Every time I watched the pilot, I cringed more when I saw that shit. Like, yeah, just so goofy, over the top, like not even yeah. sitcommy, just well, jumping he's, the he's, shark. He. After this talent show where the son performs magic and Braff's like worried, the main issue I have with the kid thing is like, just let your kid do magic. Like why? Are, why are you? Yeah, he was like judging him because he was uncool. I'm like, that's your fucking kid, man. Like, Just why are go you picking school? on your child? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's it's bad enough that like the older students are gonna pick on him right. for being a, a budding musician or musician <laughs> magician. <laughs> Yeah, he's same just thing ripping riffs up there um but now braff is like all worried about his popularity it's just again a very weird message for like a guy who's supposed to be smart and like this great storyteller but anyways like his son inspires him he now knows what he has to tell Sokka. they drive to the airport he pitches it it's not really a great pitch but he gets the investor and then we are off apparently to podcasting yeah so that's basically it um they did take some lines the unfair advantage what is your unfair advantage that's the name of the episode and that is a line directly from Sokka in the which podcast which is cool it's a good yeah. line yeah it's a good line and it's a good title and we'll get to our categories we'll run through our categories here really quick in a second um another thing was like the uber pitch like if I called an Uber and it was going to be here in two minutes, what would you say to me? That's also from the podcast. Um, so there was some stuff they pulled from that. 
nothing nothing really from the tarmac airplane thing at the end i don't think i don't remember any of any of that being in the actual podcast but that they seems did. to have been taking some liberties there with <laughs> that, the truth, that, that took some dramatic liberties for sure um uh, let me just say one good thing it's a diverse family like how hard how hard was that like we have a diverse family right. we have okay a white husband but we have some people of color for the wife and the daughter um i believe his wife they said when they came across the car, who is, let me get her name. She is the actress who plays the wife. I'll have, I'll, I might have yeah. to come back on the name. T.S. car. Yes, yes. And um, they wanted to cast an actress with a Middle Eastern or South Asian background because in the real life startup podcast, Bloomberg's wife is Persian American. Um, and the couple's different cultures sometimes comes into conversation, I would assume, on the podcast. But when they came across the car, um, Tarsays, who is Matt Tarsays or Matt Tars, or however you pronounce his name, um, he's the showrunner, said they adapted the character of Alex's wife to draw directly from the actress's own Bengali-American background. So, I mean, they, there are yeah. like efforts to be diverse here. And we have to at least applaud that, I think, because we, right. we detract other shows for not doing it. And I think the daughter is a breath of fresh air as well as the wife character. Um, those are a little bit She's more grounded actress. in reality yeah. as opposed to the two dreamers who inspire each other's fucking secret genius, apparently. Yeah. The magic and the podcast. But yeah, you're, that is a good thing. It wasn't mm -hmm. all bad, but... Yeah, Once she's, we run she's through on, the categories, um, we'll see. She's on The Good Place as well. She's very, she's very good on oh, that show. Oh, right. Yeah, duh. I knew I recognized her. Um, yeah, uh, the, the, the daughter's only role before this was Sesame Street. I thought that was interesting. And good the, start, though. The son had been on a bunch of stuff, but he was he was like the typical way too smart. He of annoys son. me um, yeah, as I an like actor. I'm the character. Yeah. I'm sure he's a great kid. Uh, let's run through some of our categories here. I mean, just quick title talk, thoughts, title sequence. I thought it was a good title sequence. Short and sweet. Yeah, I liked the waves. I liked how it just went right to created by. Good. I liked it. We don't um, need songs to skip on Netflix. <laughs> nope. Pilot study MVP. Who do you got? Um, I wanted it to be Imperioli. I love him so much. Like, I looked through the shit he's done. Goodfellas, Sopranos, Californication. Yep. His WTF is awesome. Uh, his episode of that. But I, uh, I think Tia Sakar. She has to ground a very goofy, dumb show. Um, and as the wife, she keeps him in check, but not in like so much of the annoying sitcom wife trope. They give her like some depth and some intelligence instead of just being like the hot wife for the dummy you know um so i thought she was pretty good and then mm -hmm. the daughter as well but yeah i uh, said i said the wife like I, I i do think braff like gives the role something like he's just not brave enough to realize he's wrong for the role like that's the thing like he's just the wrong actor this is on the wrong tv format it should be hulu anything besides network braff is not the right actor like i mean yeah we, and that we, like we, i said that hurts but he just isn't for this he's not the right actor um so i actually did give it to michael imperioli who plays eddie nice. he comes in he's natural he's the only one who doesn't he's the seem best like, actor there he's the only one who doesn't seem like he's trying like right. he's just there so let's give he's him like that. how much his, his, his agent <laughs> called and he was like how much okay <laughs> let's do <laughs> like, it <laughs> Yeah. Pod, pod, pod what let's do this uh, let's set the table this is our category that identifies the scene that is most designed to set up the stakes of the series 
So what did you pick for our setting the table scene? I actually picked when he has to lie to his wife and take the money. Mm. Um, that's a good because pick. that's him just being like, this is it. It's going to be all or nothing. My wife will understand we're in love. Like this is just what it has to be for life. And you could tell from that point on, like there's going to be no going back to the job. There's going to be no day job. Like this guy's going all in. So yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I picked the the scene where he demonstrates what the narratives that he creates are going to be like. Master pitch. Alleged, and I am not that nervous. Is it going to be on the radio? TV's better. I need pictures. Ugh, my own daughter. You don't need pictures. Are you kidding me? Here, I'll tell you what. Close your eyes for a second. Now imagine hearing a really creepy old guy's voice. My name is Wesley Harmon, and I didn't do it. Didn't do what? Oh, see, Daddy's got you listening now. Now we hear a woman's voice. She says she's Harmon's neighbor. Something was always off with him. <laughs> always alone on his family's estate. And when kids would come and take his apples, you know what he would do? He'd chase them off with a shotgun. Are you sure this story is appropriate for children? OK, calm down, Grandma. Then we hear a policeman's voice on a CB radio. Uh, dispatch, we got two murdered kids on the Harmon property. Yeah, actually, Al, where are you going with this? I like it. Yeah, me too. Then, we now go to Bob Jenkins, reporting live at the scene. Uh, the children both had a rare poison in their stomachs and apples. I think that's probably oh, yeah, yeah. the best scene in the pilot. Um, if you're somehow, like, un if, you're, if you're unaware of, of podcasts, I think that's what gets closest to... An explanation, although it again, it, it that kind of stuff could be on radio too. So it's not really, I guess it's not an explanation of podcasting, but it is an explanation of like that style of news podcasting or like um, true crime, uh, true crime podcasting that's so prevalent and kind right. of like how they mix in all those voices. So I think that's like probably the best scene because it has a nice energy to it and it feels like the passion for the project is really coming through and and i think it just again it sets the table of what type of form of programming they're going to be talking about and he yeah. it builds him as like a charismatic host which i think is needed because he is going to be hosting this stuff so you need to know that he can you know put on a radio voice and do something like that yeah um, totally holotropes do we have any tropey characters? I got a bunch here. We got okay. <laughs> the Silicon Valley pitch just as a trope. You know, that okay. whole... I actually hate when those fucking dumb catchphrase questions everyone thinks are so brilliant. Like, okay, I just called an Uber. You've got two minutes, bro. Like, the that's elevator such a pitch. shitty way yeah. for somebody to have to do their dream at all. Let alone, like, you're a billionaire. I'm a, a fucking loser. Like, you singing for your supper. <laughs> all. I just hate that whole dynamic between... <laughs> rich and poor and like our culture worships those fuckers anyway so that got annoying to me the whole seem, incubator this seems concept. like it got this thing that seems like it got personal for you <laughs> well no i mean i've never even i'll never be <laughs> in know, a fucking pitch meeting it's just like it's very i don't know i hate that i, I think it thing. works dramatically but i do get your point yeah it's a little um, ridiculous the concept of like incubators and ping pong tables and shit and just like yeah. weirdos and places I don't like. The that, was, that, was, that was one I was going to say for sure. The eccentric genius, like his magic kid and his magic podcast. I don't really love that. School play, every show ever, school play comes up for some dumb reason. And I think that's about it. People who are afraid to shine shouldn't discourage others. That's kind of one 
theme. I don't know if that's a trope so much, but mm. I wrote it under tropes. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched it. <laughs> uh, I but. just have the the kid that's too smart for his age. That's it. Yeah, I just yeah, can't. Yeah, I just can't do that character anymore. It's very annoying, dude. Are we? We're both cool with the name. Do we need to do our name change category? Did you come up with any? Uh, my alternate title was Desperation Station. <laughs> Jesus, <I> like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's brass career too uh, most... oh another trope i thought sorry marrying your best friend I mean, come on dude yeah i okay. hate when people say that but... i get it um most piloty moment so this is the moment we identify that has either heavy exposition has characters explaining things they normally wouldn't in normal conversation so in other words what moment in the pilot most acknowledges i'm a pilot to look at me grimes what did you pick it was a hard one, basically the whole episode, but um, <laughs> I think, shit, what did you pick? I picked the end, yeah. just because it's like this impassioned plea that doubles as like a thesis statement for the show, which it, on its own isn't bad in a pilot, but it's just amplified by the fact that the show is bad. So I think that scene would fit in in a better, more charming show, but it's just not a charming show. Yeah, I actually picked the same thing. I just wanted you to talk more because I already okay. ranted. <laughs> yeah, I, minivan I, on I, the tarmac. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so we got some reviews. So uh, Variety said about the pilot, the push away from nuance feeds into the comedy of the sitcom, which is all almost all surprisingly lightweight. It's either kid-centric or slapstick, which are both easy wins. Braff, whose character on Scrubs was similarly prone to a pratfall, leans into the whimsy of TV Alex, um, which seems at odds with a middle-aged man who has just moved part of his life savings into creating a network for nuanced and deeply considered radio segments. I agree greatly with that review. That is a brilliant and could not be more accurate review. Yes. Um, a piece later on, which was called, "Does Alex Inc., does the ABC sitcom about podcasting fear podcasts? It says, and I believe this was in the New Yorker. So it says, uh, Alex Inc. has been tentative in inserting itself as a podcast sitcom. So the issues we marked out apparently continue. But it may be making progress. The most recent episodes, 6 and 7, which aired last night, were full of microphones, headphones, and the word podcast. <laughs> Characters, wow, it only took six episodes. <laughs> characters went to radio stations and spoke on the air. They proposed show ideas, made podcast teasers, created a murder mystery show, got interviewees comfortable on mic. So uh, then it adds, Should fascinatingly, the fascinatingly, our fake Gimlet now seems to be making a fake startup and a fake serial. So I guess they do eventually hit on, hey, we could do startup as a as a show. So yeah, I thought that was one that we was in, important in pulling up. Oh, one more from Vulture. Uh, Tia Sikar plays the wife Rooney with the same sensible patience that every spouse supporting a man's dream has exhibited on TV since the beginning of time. She's fine in the role, though it's a bit of a bummer to see her doing the fairly standard sitcom wife routine after her wonderfully unpredictable work on The Good Place. I think we would agree yeah. with that as well. Yeah, that's that's true. I thought it wasn't as bad as that, but it's still, I mean, it's still a sitcom. She's the wife, yeah. so her job is to ultimately be pretty and say yes to him. Which she does both of those things. So yeah, yeah, in go. spades. She's, she's awesome. It there wasn't her fault. Like The only person <laughs> whose fault this is is Zach. I mean, 
he was hyping this fucking show for a year and once fall came because we were gonna do this shit in the fall with all the new premieres but it kept getting pushed back and then i follow him on all social media of course and so every week he would be like posting a picture of like a crane cam shot or something be like coming soon coming soon we get it at the end of march and it's the end of may and it's already over like i think it it is because of him and it's because of the assumption that people would know and care what a podcast is yeah no i i couldn't agree more do i mean do we need to say anything else like, I we... will say Linearama, I, one line really made me laugh all every time I watched the pilot, and that was when um, he says, how many gorillas know sign language? All gorillas. I think that was pretty funny, but like that's one laugh in a half hour. That's not strong. The, the line that the, the kid says to him to kind of inspire him to go make his second pitch to uh, Sokka is... I know how to make magic cool. And this is the kid talking about why his magic show actually went over well at the talent show and Braff probably shouldn't have been so hard on him. It's like you. Nobody thinks radio is cool, but when you do it, it's amazing. Music picks up and they're off to the conclusion. So um, one one other random note I had. Um, the old guy. So they bring in this old dude for like the first story of this new podcast or whatever it's gonna be at that point and it's this guy who's been accused of murder and Braff thinks he's innocent and the guy and the guy's really old and he walks in and says that the building that they're in which is that incubator looks like an urban outfitters and i just like it just completely like took me out of like whatever they were trying to do because i'm like this old guy would not know what an urban outfitters looks like like unless he was like some really advanced woke (laughs) yeah yeah that's true i didn't even really pick up on that but yeah that is it's just like their vehicle all these characters aren't characters they're vehicles for sitcom-y sitcom-y plot development that's all they are and i fucking hate that shit yeah i i hate i hate this breaks my fucking heart to shit on my man i've loved this dude i've been taking pictures of braff for haircuts since 2000 (laughs) like i love zach braff there is not a bigger fan of this dude on earth other than himself we um, need a Braff haircut that you have copied for the for the show notes. That's I a, can that's do a necessity. that shit. Also, one one last little thing. Did I maybe hear Colin Hay a Colin Hay song in this episode? I feel like he snuck in some some Scrubs favorite Colin Hay. I don't well, know if, if you, you recognize didn't, that. It was a fail because he was in like I mean he acted in episodes of Scrubs. Colin Hay. Yeah. So yeah. like. <laughs> I feel like Colin Hay was in this episode. I'm just going to confirm it as fact without double checking it. I do it all the time, and I'm usually right. So That's I right. say he was in it. But That's yeah, right. I'm just going to go watch Scrubs now and just like Zach Braff again. Because <laughs> um, this feels bad, man. It hurts my heart. That's it for this episode of Pilot Study. Dive into our archives over at pilotstudypod.fireside.fm or on modern-vinyl.com, or you could search us you know, on any old podcast service, including on Spotify. Spotify? On Spotify, and apparently that's a hard thing to do because none of my other uh, Modern Vinyl shows are on Spotify. It's um, almost so like we're the best one. It's almost like we're, we're the only one uh, good enough to be allowed on that service. No disrespect <laughs> to my Modern Vinyl co-hosts. Um, Grimes, thank you very much. Do you have anything to plug? Do you have any uh, final notes? Do you want to give oh, anything boy. a shout out? What's your, what's your final message for the listeners? underscore grimes john on the social medias um 
that's name it, one, name one show that you have been watching and enjoying that's new to your to your TV lexicon. Have you watched Barry? No. Gotta watch. I haven't Barry. watched a new show in a while, man. I'm embarrassed. I keep going back. I just did a real quick Mad Men a few seasons again, and like, I don't know, man. I'm in a rut, so I, we I got to get you to out of the. I'm rut. trying to I start think... Fleabag this week. You recommended that, and I will watch that. Fleabag. I think Barry. I think Barry, you like, um, especially just given our inclination of following SNL acting careers. Right, I think you'd right. like. I think you'd like Barry. I've been, I, so I watched that season. And oh, Last I, Man on Earth is getting canceled. That's been pretty good. Okay, see, so oh, that, that's new. I, I didn't know you watched that. Um, okay, I, yeah. I've, I'm in season four of Justified. So I've been updating okay. the, uh, the followers on Twitter a little bit of my Justified progress. But I've been burning through that. Patton Oswalt just showed up. I knew he was in some season, and I was anticipating it. He did not disappoint, but Patton Oswalt's on Justified now. Sweet. So. Yeah, it's cool. A guest star, but you know, he he shows up, he makes his impact whenever he's on screen. Uh, as always, here is a preview of our next episode, and we will talk to you all very soon. Thank you. Heads up, heads up, horny meeting. Uh, oh, we got a call from the Walmart. The uh, Mexican gentleman who likes to touch and hug their mannequins is back. Uh, Garcia, I was hoping you could do a drive-by. No problemo. Muchas Gracias. Who put up the uh, sticker in the locker room that says legalize it? It's got a little uh, the leaf, the uh, marijuana leaf, and it says legalize it. I don't know why you're looking at me. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking here. I'm thinking at you. I'm looking at here. And that's the premise behind pilot study. Oh. Bummer.